Now, as you rightly said, I'm in the Sun City Distillery. Right. Because, as you know, for the last couple of last nearly two months, I've been here in El Paso. And uh, I got in contact with these guys because it's part of the massive craft distilling industry that started up in the States. And they have, uh, well, they've brought out a, a couple of different products. And uh, I'm joined by Javier Gonzalez. Hey, hey everyone. <laughs> Gonzalez, nice to meet you. Yes, you can. Believe it, Marty, but but Ryan need to join us as well. Three, two, one. Ryan, you're in, you're in the room as well. Hi, are we? Hey, what's going on, fellas? We're good. We're good. Now, this is the Sun City Distillery. Is well, it's a small thing, but how did you, how did you get into distilling, and how did you decide? I want to get into the craft distillery. Oh, come on. I think we're ordering some tacos right now. Well, uh, uh, I'll start it up at first. Uh, it was Ryan. It was Ryan's fault. Uh, I know Ryan from uh, another work, and he showed me what he was doing. And it's like, once you start doing this, stuff, you just fall in love with it. And she just love that, you know, going through all the distillation process, constantly tasting, trying to find new stuff. It, it's amazing. So I fall in love with it. And it's just, that's how I started. Um, now, you guys, you were distillers, but it wasn't whiskey you were distilling, is it? It's not that, that's not what you guys were distilling. You were you were dealing with a much more, um, well, no, a more functional product. Correct. Yeah, our background. I don't know if you guys could hear me too good. Um, the Wi-Fi is not that great out here in New Mexico, but um, we started off in the petrochemical field. Um, Xavier is still in the petrochemical field, um, and we were uh, refining oil. So we're making gasoline, diesel. So it lends itself right to uh, making spirits, whiskey, gin. Uh, it's the same thing. So uh, for 12 years, I was an automation engineer uh, at the refinery making gasoline. Um, now uh, we just make whiskeys and, uh, and different spirits, but it's exactly the same thing. Rectification is the same, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the same skill set moving over, except you don't tend to drink a lot of diesel. There's not an awful lot of diesel drunk about the place. Don't drink diesel. Now, Ryan, your background uh, it was in you did craft brewing, you did like home brewing and stuff, didn't you? Correct. For about five years, I was brewing. Um, just out of my garage, um, 10, 15 gallon batches. So a small batching, kind of like what we do now. Our batches are a little bit bigger. They're 250 gallons, but we're still batching. We're not, um, we're not continuously distilling and both our backgrounds in engineering, we could, we could develop a, a continuous, uh, distillation, uh, steel if we wanted to, but there's more, well, I don't know, but for our, for our preference, there's more love in the batch process where we have, we can taste it and touch it every step of the way, you know? So yeah. uh, we're, we're sticking to that. Um, of course, I could engineer the hell out of it and make it a push button uh, PID controller, but um, we, you'd lose all the influences that you do have when you, when you do a batch process. So, yeah. Yeah. No. I've 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 tried this. Okay, I'm not going to go into all the products just yet. <laughs> and you can tell that you're a, a, a home brew guy. You're a brewer. 
because you didn't just use corn and, and barley in this. You've, you've, you've actually went yellow dank corn, Belgian caramel malt and Munich malt in different ratios. 54, 36 and 10 in that order. Why did you pick these? Why did they come about? Uh, this the special beer was more for the caramel flavor. That's what we were looking for. You know, we wanted to put a bit of sweetness on it and get that the the, the caramel uh, a taste yeah. of it. Because around here, the aging in casks is a totally different thing than you would get in Scotland or Ireland because the heat during the summer and it's actually quite cold at night. I mean, it gets way below freezing at night, so you've got that huge contrast. This is only aged for a year, or it says here for, for yeah. at least a year, for probably a little bit more than a year. So how, how do you find the cask aging process between uh, over here? Uh, we found that it helps a lot, actually. The, the changes between temperature you know, allows the aging on, on, on the barrels mm -hmm. to go faster. Can you say it right? Am I saying it right? Faster. Faster. Helps the, the temperature. You know, it's cold at night, hot uh, during the day. Usually helps. Well, El Paso is a desert, so in the daytime, in our summers, we get 110, 115, and in that metal building that we're in, um, mm -hmm. essentially metal building, it gets hot as heck. It's probably 120, 130 in there in the summer, so we're baking the hell out of those casts that you see out there, and then at nighttime, we're a desert, so it gets really, really, really cold, so yeah. we get the best of both worlds. And the alcohol fluctuates, it goes in and out, in and out, a um, couple hundred cycles a day, you know? So yeah. we get the best of both worlds. It does get a little bit oaky. When we started, when we first started, we were using new casks. And it got really, really oaky. And a lot of the stuff we never released because we didn't like the way it tastes. So yeah. we went from new cask um, to used cask, and we kind of, we kind of did the same thing, uh, the Irish style and the and the Scotland style, right? Where we're, we're using used casks, uh, second second fill uh, barrels. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I I've been trying this. I've been drinking this, and I have to I have to take my hat off and say this is really, it's much much better than I thought it was going to be. If I'm if I'm be, I hold my hands okay. up. It's it's. It's got a nose on it. I was talking to Javier about it, and the nose on it has a, a it's a slightly tarry sweet nose. It's got a, it's got a, a, a very strange nose to it. And when you taste it, it goes all peanut butter and caramel and, and sweet, nice, lovely sweet. There's not a massive finish on it because it's, I mean, it's not years and years and years in a cask, but it's got a lovely sort of sweetness that just sort of carries on. And it, it's, it's all those lovely uh, balanced notes, but there's complexity to it in a way that I didn't think it was going to have. And I, I take my hat off to you guys because it's really, really, really good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, we, we, one of the flavors that we were looking at this guy, it's the, the, the maple barrel that we use to age it. Uh, we really wanted that maple flavor. So that's yeah. one, of, you know, one of the notes you get, the characters you get from the. From this guy in this list. So this is this is aged in maple casks and is it bourbon as well? Bourbon was it aged in bourbon? Correct. We, we started off the first year in uh, Stranahan barrels, the ones that are right behind you uh, mm -hmm. from Colorado Distillery. 
and we started off the first year like that, and um, it pretty much tastes like almost every bourbon that we've ever had. So Xavier um, made the decision. He was like, hey, you know what, let's spice it up a little bit. Let's not release a bourbon like everybody else. So we put it in the maple syrup uh, casks, and it really changed everything. Absolutely. Well, it was about five, six months of, of resting in there. Well, it's actually it's actually got a, a nice rounded mouthfeel to it. I, I'm a big fan of mouthfeel. You know, when it when it actually when it goes under your mouth, it's like like that, that chocolate esque thing where it coats your mouth. It's got a nice oil to it that a lot of bourbons don't have. Bourbons is that sharp sweetness that comes in, and this is this is rounded it off a lot, a lot better, a lot more. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I, I think it finished beautifully. We actually brought our distributors in. In Texas, it's a three-tier state, so we can't distribute straight to bars or uh, liquor stores. So we actually brought our distributor in uh, and pulled samples straight from the barrel, and mm -hmm. we were tasting it. Uh, we were so biased, obviously. We were such in the middle of the, of the process that we wanted the other guys to come in and kind of taste it and uh, let us know what they thought about it. And at what strength? Um, we, at the end, when we're ready to pull it, it was still, the cast strength was about 109 proof still. So we proofed it down to 90. Uh, we made the decision all together. We had a good uh, drink fast and uh, we kind of made the decision with our distributor. Yeah. I, th I, th I think what you've done with it is remarkable um, to get that much Thank flavor. You. That much flavor in a, a young whiskey, a young whiskey, and you guys with the best well in the world. You don't have a, you don't have vast years and years and years of experience doing whiskey, and to bring out something as as good as that as a as a sort of one of your first offerings is is a, a superb. Hats off to you. Now you have other products. What other yeah, stuff? So, have? Um, we have. Uh, we have a white rum. White rum. That white rum. And the, we have all the wax tops. Uh, we have a, a gin. A gin. It's not botanicals. This thing's delicious. Yeah, a lot of flavor. A lot of, a lot of. Uh, it's not botanicals. It's a lot of flavor. A lot of uh, notes, smells. Uh -huh. Smells. The distillery smells awesome. Perfume. When we're doing the right three. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I tell everyone that comes in, it's like when we finish with all the botanicals, I usually take them home, put them in my potpourri. It's just delicious. You know? <laughs> And then what you smell, you get on the flavor for the gin. We have some aged rum too. Some aged rum. So we basically took this guy. Sorry, we just put it in some barrels and some casts, and then we just uh, go ahead and age it. Um, give me five, five seconds. Hold five on. seconds, no problem. Right. We actually did two versions for this um, aged process. So we did one in 92 proof and another in 80. So this one tends to go more towards the whiskey flavors. That's a lot of woody notes, uh, flavors to it. And then this one, even though it's the same one, um, because of the proof is more of a vanilla kind of a more fruity, has more of the actual rum kind of flavor. And, uh, you guys are busy. Other stuff, there's more. Yeah, no, there's another, another, more. another whiskey. This is a really young whiskey that we have. That's why uh, we, we name it Chavalo. So that's Chavalo because it's a young whiskey. Chavalo in Spanish means uh, young. Young. Young person, yeah. Right. Oh, so, well, uh, the name. So, you know, the, the rum's name Tranquila. 
you know, taking it easy, taking it smooth. Tranquil. Tranquil, for, yeah, for, pretty much. For, uh, no Spanish speakers out there. There's not that many Spanish speakers <laughs> in Ireland, to be honest. So, tranquil. This is the one I love the most. This is a Ryan's, uh, one of Brilliant's ideas. It's named Acerre. So, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong you know, I said it wrong. Acerre means uh, pretty much it's, uh, I don't remember which it's from. Uh, That's the agave plant, is it not? Is it? No, Cuban, it's a Cuban dialect. Cuban dialect. It, uh, it translates to assortment of stinky monkeys, which so, is the same as uh, gin, right? It's an assortment of stinky botanicals, right? <laughs> stinky monkeys. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a fairly local thing, that. Um, now, what's this one mean? What's... El guapo. So El that guapo. means... Uh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, handsome? Handsome. handsome. That's handsome. That's, that would do me, would it? So, you, you know, after a few of those, anyone's going to look handsome. Ah, uh, yes. That would do Justin there too, <laughs> would it? It was Xavier's uh, stage name. Yeah. <laughs> and some, I like that one. That's fantastic. No, honestly, the range, the stuff that I've tasted is superb, and that that's that's the the the, the winner for me. Um, it really, it really comes across that in terms of the the, the mash bill, the fermentation, and the distillation, uh, the agent has all of it's came across really well in that there. Now, the Sun City Distillery, um, you guys. You guys aren't resting on your laurels. You, you can obviously say, see that you you guys have been busy, but you're 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 moving on a little bit further, aren't you? Um, you're you're talking about possibly expanding again. Correct. Yeah, we're um we're most likely ninety nine point nine percent um moving into New Mexico market. So we're already um put um signed a lease basically. Uh, to open up another Sun City distillery in Sunland Park, New Mexico. So that that is coming. Um, the other thing is, like, um, some of the influences that we're getting are, are from right next door. I don't know if you, if uh, Xavier kind of took you there, but there's a brewery right next to us. And yeah. um, those guys are a heavy influence on some of the grains that we're doing. Um, some whiskeys we haven't released. We just kept it in a small um 50 50 gallon sample that we just um we give to family friends and and also some of the bar owners that we um local bar owners that we kind of got familiar with so a lot of experimenting is still going on right now we're still small obviously so um we have the luxury of playing with some of these smaller batches and um we won't release it we usually don't release it unless it's 100 percent uh marketable right so um, some of those things that we like, you know, we, we made a peach brandy the other day that, that, um, Xavier just felt like he wanted to make a peach brandy. So we made a peach brandy and it was amazing, but we never released it to anybody else. It was a couple of bar owners and, and our friends, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. It's good. It's great to have that flexibility to be able to do this. Yeah. You have your, we have the advantage just. Like Ryan said, do whatever we want. We want yeah. to do something today. Yeah, let's try it. Let's see what happens. We don't like it. I mean, it stays here. We like it. We go and taste it out. And if people want to, yeah. if we see that it's like Ryan said, it's going to be marketable, then we go, okay, let's push it. Let's start. Well, how hard is it to start a distillery? Because the, the people, people think America is this sort of land of the free. You can do what you like and blah, blah, blah. But paperwork and legislation over here. I, I've talked to some people, and it's just 
you know the amount of state laws there is county laws for various places federal laws you have to obey all of this so how hard is it there's this boom in in craft distilling now but how hard is it to actually get started in the states I'm it was hard um we were first obviously we we're first in el paso texas so um the local coding and the local legislature weren't ready for it so we do have about six breweries, six small breweries in El Paso. And because of my background in uh, the petrochemical world and how familiar I was with some of the city engineers, how we're kind of going back and forth on some of the OSHA mandates that, that, that were on the refining side, some of the local city engineers kind of knew me. And we went through, we pretty much went through a year of just educating the city. Um, they didn't want to bomb in the historic area downtown of El Paso, right? So um, we literally, I literally had to take them to, through the chemistry books and go through McCabe's theory of equilibrium between vapor and liquid phases of ethanol. So we literally had to go through all these things. Um, a lot of the safety precautions that are in the distillery, the H2S monitoring, the CO2 monitoring, all that. That was mandated, the, the sprinkler system above your head right now. Um, we had to put a $70,000 sprinkler system. We had to put all these safety systems in. Luckily, we're engineers, and we can do a lot of it ourselves, all the wiring and all the electrical. But it was very, very hard. It took about a year and about 15 strong, long meetings with yeah. the fire department, the fire marshals, the city guys, um, and a tons of money, uh, tons, tons of money. So it, it is hard. But uh, I think you've done a wonderful job here. I'm just going to shoot, turn the camera around a little bit so that people can get a little bit of uh, just what, what you guys have here. Because if the bar over here, so you get the bar over here, and then over here, dartboard and casks in situ. Uh, and then you've got the wall over here. Which uh, Justin will bring up a picture because we, we managed to get our name put onto that for us. Um, Thank you. People come in and they can write their names up on on the on the screen. Now we're going to walk over in and go into the actual distillery itself, into where the stills are, and uh, then we can ask a little bit because they're they're unusual stills, but we'll see them when we get in there. So Justin, if you put up the thing, I don't want people getting seasick while we're. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, it, it's a big investment opening a distillery in, in another state in America, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to put too much uh, finances out there, but you are, if, if even right now, if, if somebody wants to open one in El Paso, they're looking at, in the dollar amount, I don't know what it translates to you guys, but it would be over $400,000 to just get going and that's not getting this big magnificent like you see like you were talking about earlier about our steels um they were fabricated in kentucky for me with this um this welder that was willing to do uh some of the, the things that i needed him to do right to to weld on the, the different flanges and stuff like that but um if you were going to get this big copper beautiful showpiece steel you're adding another Two, three hundred thousand dollars. You know, um, there's some beautiful artwork out there. Um, you know, um, Christian Carl's, um, the Steel Dragons versions are pretty nice too. They're doing some 
cool stuff with their double dragons and they're, they're reasonable, but there's some very expensive steels out there. As you can see, um, ours is made out of 304 stainless steel. It's kind of tricky to weld, so we had to get this really awesome fabricator to do it for us. And we kind of generically wrapped it with wood for insulation. And we also insulated it uh, inside that wood as well. But ours are just very workhorse steels, not showpieces, not nothing beautiful. But those jokers will run like crazy. Yeah. They look pretty impressive to me. They look pretty, pretty impressive to me. They look like they're built to last forever. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the point of them. They are. They're built to last forever. The one thing that surprises me, okay, common sort of knowledge, common consent is that you need as much copper contact uh, when you're distilling spirit as possible. But you guys don't have an awful lot. You have you've co you've copper plates up in the column mm -hmm. at the top, but you don't have massive amounts of copper. Yeah, we, we, we have the plates in each one of the levels, you know, there's a plate of copper, and then we also put a copper in between yeah. each one of the levels. So, copper meshing, yep. Yeah, yeah so, it's, so it's copper mesh and these plates, and that's that's basically take your sulfites out of, out of the, the spirit. And, and But it seems to work, you know, there's not, it's not the copper still and massive amounts of refluxing and stuff. Now, the design of the still with the... The columns at the top. We'll just have to just pull that up a little bit. And let people see. Are are a hybrid still, but they're of your own design. You designed them yourself, didn't you, Ryan? So they're um they're very modular in nature, and and it had to be like that because of the way that the city was. So um, I can switch parts in and out. Um, I could put um uh flow meter, as you can see on. There's a flow meter on the three inch um tri-clamp we can also put um a vacuum breaker or a pressure relief valve whenever right so these things are modular in nature because of the city's changing requirements so before we even started we had to do a hydrostatic test on we had to pressurize the hell out of those steels to verify that it can go over a certain pressure that it would never operate under yeah but um after educating them, they figured out that you know it's not pressure that you're worried about. It actually, can, it actually during the distilling process, you create a vacuum in the chamber, in the steel itself, in the in the pot por portion. So that their their mind frame changed from pressure to vacuum. Yeah. Um, if you look up the column, there's actually an atmospheric reference on the flute. And it, it, it's atmospheric, it's an open pipe. It looks very weird, but that's atmospheric so that there will never be um, such a vacuum that would crush it. Yeah, because you don't want to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> no. But because it's modular and we can add uh, copper mesh inside there and I can add more plates and mm -hmm. we do have a deflagrimator on the top on the very top, there's a deflagrimator. If the smell and taste are still sulfuric, right? If there's still a lot of sulfur or we're getting a lot of acetones, the nature of it is good in, good out, right? So if our wash is good going yeah. in, drinkable as is, there is not as much, especially if we're not doing something fruit derived, because then there's no methanol or very little methanol. So yeah. good going in, good coming out. 
if it does taste kind of funky or there is some uh, traces of some kind of uh, material, depending on the water that we used, right? We can put that in def- uh, in reflux with mm-hmm. the deflagrimator and just keep it rectifying out that dirty smell, that dirty taste. And actually, Xavier has made probably the best tasting rum we have ever had just based on him every hour sampling like the drunk that he is. And he, <laughs> he put it in reflux the right way. It, the, the, the batch was so good that we haven't been able to mimic it because the way he did it. I mean, he he kept all those secrets in the little uh, in his little. What you're saying is, by the time he had finished, he was that drunk he had he couldn't, he couldn't yeah. remember what exactly. Yeah, 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 that's probably something like that. Yeah, it's like that's good, it's going good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Keep it going, keep it going. It's like, it's hey, fine. what did you do? Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Now, now, the the setup you have is is. There's smaller distilleries than this. You know, there's distilleries are a lot smaller. So the, the fact that you're expanding to another state is, 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 is a little bit surprising because you, you could you could make this bigger again, you know, but you, you want to keep it at the level it's at now, here. So there's, there's if, if I were to write a book for future distillers that are going to put half a million dollars into this, I would let them know, just like breweries, um, you have to add food to, if, if you want it to be a destination, you have to have a restaurant be part of it because yeah. people want to go and actually spend time and relax there. If you don't have food or you, you don't have a big enough spot for entertainment, you're just a factory, kind of like we are. We are just manufacturing it and pushing yeah. it out. Um, we have our bar area, our, our tasting area open, but it's more, it's more bar owners coming in and tasting it before they, before they pull the trigger. You know, it's a good meeting place. It's a good um, one-on-one conversation. Yeah. But if you're going to open a distillery, um, you really do have to get into the restaurant and entertainment. And that's what our New Mexico distillery is really going to be. Yeah, a bit more of an event yeah. space. And, and the, 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 here at production, you know, we've never actually gone full capacity. Yeah. I mean, we most of the time we only use one steel. We have two of them. We only use one. Yeah. Because we've only needed to do one. The, the, the amount of product we do is not like large amounts. We're a small distillery, we're a craft distillery. Um, so here we kind of ask what it is. That's why, like, expanding is just. A, it made more sense than making this, yeah, this bigger. Now, what is your capacity? What, how big are the stills? What, what do you? Two hundred fifty gallons, right? Yep, two hundred fifty gallons each. Yep. Yep. And so in terms of the process, terms- takes some time. The process yeah. takes about twelve hours, and if we're really, really being particular, it takes sixteen hours. So we're there early in the morning. And we run it, and we run it in shifts. There's just two of us. This is me and Xavier. Yeah. So yeah, we usually, uh, like you said, when we start a run, he'll start in the morning. He usually leaves, uh, you know, by the time I'm here, so that I just finish it at night. Or if I start it at night, just whenever he comes back, he's not. He just yeah. continues. It's just a matter of doing the schedule. Just doing the schedule. And um, so you have two, you have two whiskeys, two mm-hmm. rums. We have two whiskeys, basically three rums. Two um, whiskeys, three, three rums, rums. A gin. A gin. Tequila. A tequi- oh, we have tequila. 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 
Tequila, so actually, we're, tequila. Out, we're out of the tequila. That's went out quick. Um, that's actually why I didn't bring it because we don't have anything right now. He, uh, but yeah, no, we have another tequila. Actually, that's um, I like that. Ryan did an awesome job on that one. He came out real, real different from any other tequila. So that's why it kind of sold out because it's unique. It's it's once again the craft uh, yeah. uh, into it that it just really stands out from other tequilas. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you guys are busy, busy. And you still have your own full-time jobs, do you? Yeah, so, yeah, this this is our love and yeah, our love and, and, and hobby, I guess you said. But, yeah, no, we have another. I, I, I have another job, too. Ryan has another job that and we, so, we have to go. So you're working full-time. You're, you're doing what you're doing here. You're designing stills. You're designing mash bills. You're designing um, the cask finishing. You're looking to expand. I mean, where do you guys get the time? You know, I mean, it's uh, I, I've been chatting to you both for a you know a, a period here and there, and you never seem to have a minute. You know, yeah, you have to make the time. Yeah, you have to make the time. It is love. It, it is love, it, it, and it's right back to brewing. Every brewer that you ever talk to will will just show you how much love and time it takes to make these things. Um, I'm driving back. I, I know it's kind of weird because I'm in my truck right now, but I'm driving back from another job, right? I still do engineering consulting on the side. So as soon as I run back into town, I'll be running into you guys in a little bit. And uh, we're probably going to run one of those ferments right now. So it, you just got to keep doing it. And it's the love of it. And that place is very comfortable for us. That bar was built for just me and Xavier, really. But um <laughs> Now people come in and relax. Like, this is this is like this is basically your Saturday night out. This is this is your Saturday night site. This is oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to. Work. I reckon you do it to get away from your wives. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Love it. That's the second half of it. No, uh, the, the, you can tell. I mean, the, the passion you guys have. Every time I talk to you, you're, you're telling me all about the, the different things you've been doing and and so on and so forth. And um, I'm very interested in the the fact that you guys worked in a in a, a refinery, and I've just moved, translated the skills basically straight over. I mean, the distillation process must be exactly the same or very very close to the similar. And um, did you guys have to modify it in any way? No, no, it's exactly the same. Um, in the rectification of diesel or jet fuel or uh, gasoline in general. They're the same principles. Um, we have operators 24-7 watching screens that Xavier and myself built and uh, uh, little interfaces for them. But they're basically doing the same thing. They heat the oil to a certain temperature, and it separates the molecules. Just like uh, when you put some fresh beer uh, or distiller's beer in the steel, we're looking at a temperature. We're looking at the separation between the alcohol and the rest of the beer, right? The heavier molecules stay behind and the lighter ones go up. And and in that play, we're tasting it the whole way, right? So we're 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 kind of um we're using our mouth instead of sensors. Uh in the refinery, they have these big ramen analyzers and these GEs and I mean these uh GCs, gas chromatographs and stuff like that. Well, me and Xavier's mouth is the gas chromatograph. We are <laughs> tasting it, we are we're making the decision. Yeah, I, I like I like that. I like that. that you know, there's that the, the human element into it. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And there's been opportunities for us to fully automate it, um, so that we can have more time off. 
But uh, both of us, we don't even have to, you know, it, it, it takes two minutes for us to say, no, we're not going to do it. We're just going to keep it the way it is. And we're just going to we're just going to keep going the way we are. Even in our, our other uh, distillery, it's going to be 100 percent hands on still. Yeah. So you you may be looking at more stuff. I, I, I see your, uh, your 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 Instagram posts and stuff. You tend to have very good looking staff about the place. There tends to be quite quite pretty girls appear on your Instagram feeds and stuff. Justin's mm. very interested in this. <laughs> it is that it is that world, right? Um, the social media. I I'm a hermit. I I really I'm a nerd. I don't really go out. I don't really do these things. But you do have to cater to the new younger generation that is always on Facebook, is always on TikTok, is always on these things. So we have to catch their eye for 14 seconds, right? So we yeah. we, um, we we have a couple of pretty, pretty girls that um, we hire to do our tastings for us. And um, so far, so good. We have a, a really good, strong base in El Paso. Locals really do help locals. So um, all the bars are owned by local mom-and-pop people. So... The restaurants and bars, they're easy to talk to. They're easy to go through. We don't have to go through some corporate chain. Um, but it, but it's pretty cool, and um, it is a lot easier having pretty girls instead of me and Xavier's ugly guys. No, no offense. Bar. There's the, the, do a better job of this than you two guys. But no, <laughs> no offense there. Don't mean to be cheeky. Yeah, no, people, people now, you do actually do quite a lot with the local community. You're, you're very good at donating uh, school banks to schools sort of thing. We do do that. Um, we are two fortunate, fortunate guys. Um, we're both from El Paso, so uh, the school uh, backpack system, we've been doing that for years. Um, we did that during the beginning of the pandemic. Um, that was when we were trying to open. So we had a lot of, I believe it was rum in the back, finished. Um, it was actually a, a product that never saw the light of day. It was a. It was two batches, which was like 800 bottles of um, a special botanical rum. It was a. It was a, a flavored rum. Uh, it never saw the light of day because we put it right back in the steel, and we ran it again, stripped all the flavor out, and made hand sanitizer for all the hospitals, all the clinics, and all the emergency response in our area. So, um, and in fact, we still have a couple of buckets in the hallway if you want to see them. But, um, uh, yeah, we, we went from trying to open and make profit to losing a lot of money and just giving out hand sanitizer and keeping a lot of people still open. So yeah. uh, our, in the community or helping the community is, is big for us. Um, we're just we're two fortunate guys. We, we, um, we've, we've think El Paso has done a lot for us, so we try to do a lot back. It's a, it's a it's a remarkably friendly city, you know. You, you I, go, I go out for walks and people will say hello, yeah, good no. morning, and you know you go into a bar and the owners will start and talk to you. You know, it's a very very friendly city. You know, no, we we're uh, I, I don't know maybe the media sometimes may uh, makes El Paso look different, but no, no El Paso people here are awesome. I mean, yeah, they're helpful, they're friendly. Uh, you're not going to run into those, you know, angry, no. uh, I, 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 people. No, that's pretty much just chill. It's cool. I was in fun. Phoenix. That's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different story. Um, no, El, El Paso is very nice. 
Now, I see Frank is asking, when are the good-looking girls going to appear on the Irish Whiskey Review? Um, we don't just <laughs> near pretty girls. <laughs> we, should, we should have had some girls over there uh, to help you guys out with the bar section. <laughs> Uh, well, Justin wouldn't be able to concentrate on what he needs. To do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the, the show the shoulder crashed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. listen, it's it's been great, Ryan. Thanks very much for uh, your hospitality, oh. Marty, and the show. It's it's been fantastic. Thank you. And uh, oh, you guys are amazing. Thank you. And uh, no, honestly, coming down in here, I came down. It's about two Friday nights ago, three Friday nights ago. Um, I came down and I met Javier and I was chatting away and, and he gave me a bottle of the, the what we take up home and I was, I was really surprised at how good it was. Um, in, t- in terms of what craft guys can do, what you guys can do and, and the smaller guys can do is it's remarkable because it, it's much more agile. You can try things more. You, you're not the big corporate guys. Who just throw money at stuff, but they have the downside that they can't be flexible. You know, if they're going to bring in a new product, that's six months of negotiating with shareholders and all the accountants and then setting everything up. And for you guys are flexible and the imagination for the still, I still find the stills really interesting because they're they're a totally different sort of concept. They almost look like a rocket ship ready, ready to blast yeah. off. You know, they're not anything like an ordinary an, an ordinary still would be. Um, and I, I think that, I think that's remarkable. Yeah. So they're, they're built for the craft. They're built for the craft. Uh, the performance of the amount, the product that we want to do. Yeah. yeah. They're not like Ryan said. They're not made for constantly making product, which is the what big corporations do. It's just yeah. volume and volume and volume of product. Now. Yeah. We, the small batches, we do the crafting, we do the, 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 the so you can have more uh, insight into the flavor of the product. And I like that's the, why they were, they look different because they are different. That's the I also like purpose. the fact that you guys, it's, it's the engineering aspect of it. They're, they're built for function, not, not for um, aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, they're not very sexy. We have a, a small 50 gallon version of those in the hallway, and I was running that. Well, I don't know if I. I should say that it's illegal, but I might or might not have been running that for five years in my garage um, before we made those two big. Uh, they're mimicking the old one that I have in the hallway. Yeah, um, we do try to make a lot of stuff ourselves um, instead of wasting water for the cooling jacket or the or the condensers. In the hallway, you'll see that we converted an air conditioner unit into a glyco chiller. So we do play around with a lot of stuff. We weld a lot of stuff. We run our own electrical. We do all the stuff. That helps us out. Um, like I said, getting back to if somebody was listening to this and thinking about opening a distillery, if you don't have some of those skill sets, um, it gets pricier. It gets more expensive. Yeah. You have to pay someone else to do them, you know. You have to do something. <laughs> William says the stills look straight out of Wallace and Gromit, which is a steampunk cartoon here, if you don't know what it yeah. is, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, it's steampunk, yeah. All the time. Wallace and Mark Hare's got, got a new popcorn tranquilla, Ryan. It's a reference <laughs> to popcorn something. Uh, yeah, the, the, the moonshiner, yeah, moonshiner. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, honestly, I, 
I think you guys, you're, you're, you're doing a great job of doing stuff with the community. Um, you've, is there anything new coming up, or is that what what else is going to happen other than the, the new distillery? Is there anything we should you want to tell us? Uh, right now, the Wapo was the latest one, so uh, I am. Uh, we do want to work on, a, on another Gen Two. Uh, we're looking to do something more fruity, mm-hmm. I think. So we have some. We're playing with our own stuff, so that may come up. That may be next. But right now, like Ryan said, is. And uh, Wapo was the last one, and then the distillery is that's pretty much the next step right now. Yeah. Well, put like this, I, I have I have promised Justin that I'll take him over a sample of Wapo. Uh, I'll take it over to him and see if we can improve the looks of him because it's uh, <laughs> Wapo means good looking. So we'll see if it, see if it improves the look of him. I don't think it will, but we'll take it anyway on the chance. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, I, I know I, I know what it means. I know what it means. Shall we, shall we let Troy Avery have the last word, Marty? Shall we? We will, we will. He says, Troy Avery says, thanks for celebrating American whiskey. Congratulations, the Sun City Distillery. There you go. Yeah, well Thank done, you. guys. Well done. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you again at some other point, okay? Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you, everybody. All right. Here, Remember guys. to... Comment, like, and share. We're live every Saturday night, 10 p.m. on YouTube, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitch. The repeat also goes out on Instagram as well. And remember, if you asked your smart speaker to play the podcast, it does that. Thanks for watching. Uh, Mark Kerr sent a great show. And uh, thank you, Ryan and Xavier. Thank you very much, guys. Excellent stuff. Good night. And uh, catch you again. Same time, same place next week as well. Take care, guys.